Hey, David, I have a riddle for you. What is something special for podcasters happening in May in the same place that Mickey Mouse and alligators live? Um, I'm going to go with oranges. 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay, David. <laughs> Podfest Expo, David. Podfest oh Expo. Podfest the largest Expo. podcasting conference in the world. That's right. Podfest holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest podcasting conference. And we have the honor of interviewing Chris Kremitzos, the founder of Podfest Expo, today. This is going to be an episode you do not want to miss. Welcome to Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. I'm Tiffany Kane, podcast coach and professional development expert. And I am David Seiss, professional dialogue and voiceover editor. Together, we will go on a journey with you to truly master the podcasting mindset. Let's break past mindset beliefs that often create barriers to success. You will learn techniques and insider secrets to raise the power of your content and the quality of your sound. We believe your voice is powerful. Your story needs to be told and there is someone out there who will be inspired because you have the courage to share your insights through your podcast. Now, here's today's episode. As we said in the introduction, we have the exciting opportunity to have a bit of a celebrity in the podcasting world with us. Chris Kremitzos has two decades and over 2,000 live events under his belt. He's worked with the world's most influential voices in marketing, audio, and technology, and that inspired his best-selling book, Start Ugly, which has quickly become the go-to guide for entrepreneurs and influencers who are beginning their creative journey. As we stated in the intro, Chris founded PodFest Expo, which holds the Guinness World Records title for the largest attendance for a virtual podcasting conference in one week. His international conference, PodFest, is the largest running continuous in-person podcasting event in the world and attracts thousands of attendees from all over the world each year. Running parallel with that event, Chris also successfully birthed VidFest as part of his efforts to build the home for all creators. And you guys, we are not done yet. He is an on-demand innovator. He started his own kid-friendly podcast network, having garnered over 1 million podcast downloads. And he's a podcast consultant and coach. In fact, he helped the Women's Mediation Network grow to millions of monthly downloads. We're talking about 40 million last time they checked. He is the go-to authority and the person to be contacted when anybody needs to understand how the on-demand audio space will continue to evolve. He is a man that is always learning. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. As we said in the introduction, we are thrilled to be here today with Chris Kremitzos from PodFest Expo. He is the founder and not only of PodFest Expo, but of so many things. This is a man that is so creative. We are thrilled to be here with him today and really dig into all the mindset issues, mindset things that you've overcome, Chris, to be able to create, be so prolific and creative and, and do so many amazing things. So welcome to the show, Chris. We're thrilled to have you. 
Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, chat about mindset because that's a big part of my life. You've told the story of PodFest Expo a lot of times, and it's a great story. So we'd love for you to to talk about the evolution of PodFest Expo a little bit. But we want to tell it through the lens of mindset because PodFest Expo started really small, a nice little intimate group not too many years ago. And just in the last two years in a row, you hit the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest PodFest conference audience. So what, what, why did you start? What mindset barriers did you have to overcome as you grew? And how did you grow this big? So there's a lot of questions there. We just love to hear your story. Well, I'm going to center around mindset to help uh, make a point. So my wife and I, um, worked and built a local community in Tampa, Florida. And we didn't make a lot of money, but we enjoyed it. We had hundreds of people that were part of it. And I remember my wife, um, when you're when you're helping thousands of business owners, like we, we calculated over 5,000 business owners came through our doors over a decade. Wow. wow. And in that process, you get to see a lot of case studies. So we had two or three case studies out of that 5,000 where those people literally hit it overnight and started making millions of dollars out of the gate. Wow. And I remember my wife saying, how come we have to work so hard? <laughs> and <laughs> and, and we don't, we're not making any money. And we have so-and-so who's a friend of ours who's just straight out of the gate. And I remember saying to my wife, that individual was at the right time with the right product. And, you know, the older I, you get, the, the more you learn about timing. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said to her, our time will come. Uh, we just need to be open and have the mindset not to feel the grind of the work, but to enjoy it and just to understand that everything has a time and place. So that that's that's how we were able to really enjoy 10 years and 2,000 events, like literally not figuratively. We're talking about four or five days a week. I would be out at a meetup or we would do events at business clubs, hotels all over Tampa. So that's when – so, Tiffany, that, that dovetails into the story of one of these meetups. The guy taught podcasting and for me it was like – and I have a media background. I used to produce television shows at Public Access. So I was I was looking for something to get back in. And I was enjoying building my business community, but I was like, this is it. And it was 13 of us. And I made a promise to myself, and you'll appreciate this. So the Tampa group was localized to Tampa. So there's only so big you could create something in a local environment, Mm -hmm. right? And we had 300 active business owners, which is a lot for that kind of group. I said, whatever this is, this, this podcasting thing, I will allow it to grow as big as it wants to grow and as big as it needs to grow. And I will not stand in its way to keep it small. Oh. And believe it or not, that was a huge um, yes. pivotal moment. So from that group of 13 people, I went home. My wife started a podcast. I was her marketing manager. Uh, and I got the psychic benefits. So she did a lot of the work and I did the marketing side, which I like anyways. So we mm-hmm. both worked really well as a team. But in that in that Pied Piper phase, I was literally going all over the state of Florida teaching people podcasting. All of them started, a lot of them started podcasts and they said, Chris, we need more support. So organically, PodFest started a year later because we had helped all these people get started. So it wasn't even like a marketing thing, like, let me get people to PodFest. It was like, I've helped all these people get started along with my wife, Katie. What do I do next? 
they need this system to support each other. And and for those that are joining podcasting now, they don't realize there was no USB mics. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The Yeti was the only one on the marketplace. There was no like, all this stuff wasn't created. It was all, th- you had to know um, XLR cables, which is musicians speak, to set everything up. So I remember my wife all night being up, trying to figure out her editing. There was no editor groups. There was very few people at the time. So we started PodFest. And it grew from 100 people to 181 in Tampa, Florida. And one of my friends said to me, Chris, you need to take this to Orlando or Vegas in order for it to grow. And if I was not, if I hadn't told myself what I just told you earlier, I would have said to my friend, we're staying in Tampa. We'll let people come to us. And what he said to me, and I listened, he said, listen, if you want to be a hub for the world, for people all over the world that need help. You got to put it in a city that attracts the spouses and the, and the, and the families, because for someone to leave their house, there has to be something for the other person. He goes, Vegas is more adult friendly. Orlando is family friendly and you're a family friendly brand. So I, I followed up with, and my, my friend Neil, I said, Neil, I can't afford a convention center hotel. They, they asked for personal guarantees. Uh, so that was a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. Personal guarantee means you're on the hook. Like you're yeah. not getting out of right. it. They're suing you for the money if you do not yeah. fulfill. <laughs> and they are, um, they start at six figures on up to seven figures. These are big contracts. When you talk at convention center hotels, he said to me, go talk to this hotel. My sister has worked as a service manager for 20 years. So the other mindset thing that I've picked up along the way is I will take meetings but I don't have to say yes or no. In other words, I will listen to the opportunity and evaluate. Whereas a lot of us tend to close off because our mindset doesn't even want to entertain. And unfortunately, you close a lot of doors. So I said, I'll take the meeting. I said, Neil, and I'm protecting myself mindset-wise. It probably won't happen, but I'll. it's your sister. I'll go out there. So I drive out to Orlando and... The salesperson met me, not my buddy's sister. And I'm like, oh, this is a weird salesperson. I thought it was going to be a sister. She's the service manager. Obviously, that's different than sales. The salesperson then started negotiating with themselves and started lowering the prices as I was thinking. And as I was thinking, I was thinking in my head like, wow, that's so cheap. I can't believe it. And, and, and that delay, she thought I was trying to negotiate and she was lowering the prices on herself. <laughs> so we got the hotel for $3,500 of food and beverage, which is unheard of. That's and wow. like. In like a few room nights. So I, I drove back and I said to Neil, thank you. I don't know what your sister said. And he said, well, when I moved to Tampa, you helped me start my video editing business and you helped refer me to all these podcasters and get started. My sister, and he's from a very proud Venezuelan family, says, my sister said that our family owes you one. And she told that salesperson, if you do not give him a deal and get him signed right then, there, I will not service any of your convention uh, <laughs> business for the year. So oh it, was, my gosh. it was literally doing the right thing, helping people when no one was looking and kind of the right. universe saying, hey, let's give this guy this this help here. And that put us on the map and that allowed us to get into what is now PodFest, the convention center, these international events where I have to send embassy letters sometimes for people to come into the country to attend PodFest. Oh my gosh. It's been an amazing journey. That is such a thrilling story. I think so many times people look at somebody doing something amazing and are like, God, if only I could get there. They don't realize that you, at peop, everybody that's at this big high level started small and you started grassroots and you started by serving your community and listening to what people were asking for and listening to what people need. And like you said, you got out of your own way, you stayed open to opportunity and all of, it's just so beautiful, the synchronicity of you helped him, he helped you 
and mm-hmm. just that that beautiful full circle moments. This it's I love amazing. Synch- the word synchronicity would be the right way. I, I stopped using it, but I got to start using it because that's what it, if you were to describe it, uh, it really is synchronicity. That is the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that your your passion for helping people too has from what I see anyway, just even in this brief encounter we've had, has definitely continued. Like mm-hmm. your mindset hasn't cha- hasn't shifted from how you were back in 2013 when you first held the when you held the first one because it seems like you're still out there trying to help people. You mm-hmm. you're I mean, for you to come on with us, huge honor for us. I mean, you're like legend in the podcasting world. So, I mean, it seems like you're still in that mindset and so that's that's definitely something that people need to carry on with. Mm-hmm. Good for you. It's knowing your strengths. Um, when we sold uh, Tampa Bay Business Owners, uh, that group, I went into a mini depression, um, mm. a funk. I wouldn't call it. Well, it probably was a depression. I was sad because I had let go of a community I had built over a decade. Right. And I was questioning my abilities. And here's a really interesting thing. And this happens a lot for people. You hear about it, but then when you experience it, because your personality is tied to the brand and all these mm-hmm. things that you hear about. Yeah. Uh, so I did promise myself that I would detach that from anything that I built uh, because it's it's very painful. The person that took it over, unfortunately, didn't care about the community as much, didn't realize mm-hmm. I've gone to people's hospital rooms. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's like a, a ministry of sorts. The um, I remember my wife, though, told me something, and this is something that I think it's really good to have a friend or a spouse to reflect this. She said, I, I was questioning, what am I going to do next? And this is as I'm building PodFest, but it was when it was really small. She goes, you don't, you don't really understand, do you? And I said, what? She goes, your gift is not TBBO, PodFest, whatever you want to call it. She goes, your gift is wherever you go, you help lift other people up and you help them. She goes, that's like a gift that you have and that'll bring people to your doors wherever you go. And it was, um, it was an interesting thing to hear from a spouse because, you know, we're so myopic. We're looking out in front of whatever our world, we might not see that. But um, I'm very grateful to have an amazing partner that um, was able to kind of nurture me as I was rebuilding um, myself and understanding, like, what are the gifts that you're bringing? What can you do for the world? And uh, we all have unique gifts, but um, that that helped with my mindset as as I was building PodFest. Wow. That's incredible. Because it's very lonely, by the way. (laughs) my, My crew is virtual. Uh, I do have tons of meetings and, and it's been great, but PodFest happens once a year where the other thing we used to do 200 events a year. So I see everybody every day if you think every about day. it. Yeah. I'm an extrovert, right? So um, yeah. it's just good to reflect in someone saying, hey, you don't get it. Right. Just because I went from a packed schedule of dealing with people to an empty schedule. And, and now it's weird. Years later, I'm busier than I ever was then because that energy finds its place and the synchronicity starts like really – uh, starts, uh, what do you call it? Accelerating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your connectedness, your lifting people up really shines through in the, in everything that happens around PodFest Expo. Uh, we were talking before we hit record. I've spoken at many, many conferences. I've gone to many conferences. I have never experienced anything like PodFest Expo and we haven't even been to Podfest Expo yet, but everything leading up, I'm like, I cannot believe <laughs> we, we this. We already feel like <laughs> we already feel like family. Yeah, um, yeah. with 
everything from the weekly town halls to the lovely welcome messages to the fun little um, challenges we have, whether it's a reels challenge or a speaker card challenge, the beautiful way that you guys give back to the community. You've given us um, free tickets that we get to give to our community. Um, the your I would love for you to talk about the experiential hall piece that you're going to have at the expo, which we're thrilled to be volunteering at. Um, just there's such a environment of giving back to the community and creating community. Um, I would I would love to know more about how you create that. Why is that so important? And then we'd love to dig more into that experiential hall piece. What we do is we listen to our community and we design what they want. Mm. So a lot mm. of people think that if I do an event, people show up because it's my name attached to it. And that's, uh, that's yeah, some people might attach to come hang out with me, but that's not why people are showing up in the thousands at these events. They're showing up because we're listening to what they need. We're then putting, so we also adopted Holacracy, which was the Tony Shea Zappos would do this. So we give ownership to the community. So mm -hmm. let's talk about the experiential hall. That is a collaboration with uh, Steve Stewart, Mark uh, Deal to help create a hands-on learning environment for the, so we have veterans that might say, Chris, I've learned everything, but the experiential hall is as much a win for them as it is for beginners, because now we have hands-on learning that people could step into and learn how to use an uh, editing software, how to use maybe a Canva template. I mean, you guys did a really great speaker card. So that that's one. And the other thing is, um, I know it's going to sound really um uh, energy type, but I really follow the my gut and the energy. Uh, so for instance, on the second ever PodFest, we had such an amazing experience. People, uh, we I remember we had one guy, um, think of like a fishing boat captain slash trucker with the, that kind of voice. And he was about to cry like a little baby because he's like, I don't want to leave. Oh. So, like we had that kind of experience where everybody right. was like, we don't want to leave. So I didn't feel right with ending the conference with, okay, guys, we'll see you later. So what I did was I took two mics. They were on stands. I put them up in front of the room and I said, if anyone would like to say anything before we leave, what you're grateful for or anything whatsoever, the floor is yours. And of course, no one came up and I'm used to this because I've done so many events. And that's when I go, because people's mindset, what, you have to also address the noise that's going in their head. So here's what people think. I'm not, I don't have anything to say that's important. I shouldn't go up there. So then right. I then said, hey, for those of you that are thinking that you shouldn't be up here, that it's not important, it's important that you come up. So all of a sudden the whole room comes up and <laughs> everybody starts saying what they're grateful for. And our conference, our closing keynote is the audience itself. I mean, it's still mm. a tradition we hold true. The challenge we're trying to figure out, it goes for like an hour plus. We're trying to figure out how do we rein it in? <laughs> but it's so beautiful. And the stories that you hear um, and the things that people are dealing with um, at the end of a conference like that, it's amazing. So we've designed it to the community, not to... Uh, what, so part of it is, yes, what would the community like? What we think would be great, but we've listened and we've created based on the feedback. And then it's a culture designed around a family, which is what I love more than anything. And, uh, it's intentional. So even when we're having team meetings and a team member might say, Hey, let's do this kind of marketing. And I'll say, I love that concept, but it is not congruent with the cultural values of our company. Mm -hmm. And we try and make sure that we teach amongst our team members what the cultural values are. And I always try and explain why that is the way we do things. 
Um, our community comes first. We have spent very little to no marketing because it's mostly word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And we know over time, as the word of mouth spreads, you just can't. Um, like when, when you guys created your speaker card, what people don't realize is when uh, a PodFest speaker card goes out on someone's wall, it gets an abnormal amount of likes from friends and family and other people that know the brand. So people notice that right away. They're like, why would this speaker card get me so much traction compared to all this? It's because we built all this goodwill into it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, um, it's a win-win for everybody. And then people and their friends come out and attend. And the pay it forward was created because one of my friends said, can I buy a ticket and you could give it to someone that's having a hardship? I mean, we've given over 18,000 tickets if you include all the virtual events that we've done since that was created. So we've wow. been able to impact um, a lot of lives by listening and paying attention to our community. And I know that the tickets, the the um, pay it forward idea is really in alignment with what David and I do. We always, like every time we teach a course, we always have a number of uh, scholarships that we give out. We, we really believe we want to take away the barriers that, um, the financial barriers that hinder a yeah. lot of people from starting podcasting, because there are. It's not... Uh, it's not at quite as expensive as golfing, but it's it's probably up there in an expensive hobby for a lot of people, right? So we want more voices to be heard. We want the variety and we don't want finances to be what stops people from getting their voice heard. And so we felt so in alignment with you guys with this pay it forward idea of, okay, well, we've got some free tickets. We would love, we, we don't want price to be what hinders people from, coming to the the conference. So that that really meant a lot to us. Thank you for that. As far as other mindset issues, what would you say are if you had to speak to a new podcaster, what would be advice that you would give to overcome some barriers, mindset barriers? So I I have a I actually have a book that's been written about mindset called Start Ugly. And the reason why I wrote that is I realize that people are always trying to start with perfection. There's mm -hmm. no such thing. Your first start cannot be perfect. You don't even know uh, everything there is to know yet. Uh, and by starting ugly and then perfectly executing along the way, you learn along the process. So I would say take the, the word failure out of your vocabulary and replace it with trying something new. And if it doesn't work out, Maybe there's something else you should be trying. So I, I just see life as a constant trial and error. And the challenge we're having right now in society is there's some people that have not tried enough things to find out what they love to do. Mm -hmm. Well, in that process, they waste a lot of time and it, it takes them longer to figure out what it is that they like to do. So for podcasting, honestly, I would, I would say buy the mic, get started, record something, if you, if you don't like the recording, great. Do another recording. But I would say launch it and get some feedback from your audience. Uh, I, I would say education is the most important part because, like you said, the it's not that expensive. With $100 or less, you could kind of get things if you have a laptop. The key, though, is the education. Like, you mm -hmm. know, what's the, the title, name of your show? What are you going for? That kind of stuff is more important, I think, when it comes to podcasting. However, Getting started is half the battle. And if you're, uh, I, I see too many podcasters, they'll compare to someone that's making like a full-time living. What if it was a hobby and you were enjoying it? Then keep doing mm -hmm. it. You know, it serves a purpose for your life. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of, I've started quite a few hobby podcasts. 
uh, Story Jam Theater years ago. We used to sell, uh, share stories in, in a theater in the round. I'd record them, put them up there. Um, we have the PodFest. When we made the documentary, The Messengers, a podcast documentary, mm-hmm. we actually created a podcast about us making the documentary. <laughs> we didn't yeah. make any money from it. It was just a lot of fun. It was one of the yeah. best things we ever did. Um, so I, I'm, a, I'm a purist in that I enjoy I enjoy podcasting for what it allows us or allows me to create. Um, and I do think if you're looking to make a career of it, it's a great place to do that. But why not take that pressure off of your shoulders and just get started mm-hmm. and yeah. take it one episode at a time? Just like when you when they asked Tom Brady, the greatest football player ever, uh, you know, wh- wh- what's next? He goes, the next game. Like, you know, if he wins a Super Bowl, <laughs> right. he's not looking behind in the rear view mirror. He's like, I'm getting ready for the next season. The next Super Bowl is not guaranteed. The next game is what he's looking at, and he doesn't care about because you have to take it one bite at a time. And I think life is like that, you know, and podcasting is like that. One episode at a time. That's great. I think you said something that David and I have been talking about a lot of, it's just so fun to podcast <laughs> that it almost becomes like once you really get into it and you just have fun with it, you get all these ideas for new podcasts and things you want to do. And we were just talking last night, let's do this like fun hobby podcast. We have this idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, Why not? Maybe we post once a month, <laughs> once every two weeks. Like, let's have this like really fun topic we want to talk about. But I think that's what happens when you kind of get out of your own way and you just look at podcasting as a creative outlet. Like, you can be very creative with it. And sometimes you get to make money from it, and sometimes you get to just have fun with it, which is really exciting. The the, the pivots the pivots are pretty. Uh, the largest podcasters that I personally know are not on their first concept. They're usually on their mm-hmm. second or third. Just so mm-hmm. anyone listening to this, it's the pivot that usually they'll hit it big because they. But now they know how what they're doing. They've enjoyed it, or they have a hobby that just. You know, there's a guy that does a chameleon uh, podcast about chameleons. That's a great niche. Uh, but I don't think he started that for monetization. He just started because he wanted to talk about chameleons with other people. I like talking about chameleons. <laughs> so like – and for me, I like chameleons. So that would be something I would listen to. So it's just interesting how these things start. Um, and I, I would say try and be consistent. And what I mean by that, it doesn't have to be every week. If you know it's a hobby and you can only do it once a month, then don't put pressure on yourself. Do once a month. I have a friend that right. does a podcast twice a month. And I said – and he gets a lot of downloads. I said, "Why?" And it started with just a couple. I said, "Oh, you should do more." He goes, "You know what? At the quality that I like it, twice a week is fine for me. I mean, a month." And I, I was like, "You know what? That's a, that's a person that knows what they want and knows their schedule, and you have to respect that. Like, why more isn't always better." Mm, that's good. You mentioned downloads. That for a lot of people in our community has been probably one of the biggest mindset barriers because you hear of all these huge numbers for monetization purposes, this is probably a little more technical than our conversation has been, but for monetization purposes, we see a podcast as almost a vehicle to other means. So we have our, you know, our, our podcast network, we have our courses that we teach, a bunch of different stuff in our podcast is sort of something that we almost use these as masterclasses for our community, our podcast. And so we're not super concerned about downloads because we do this for our people. And so for people that are more indie podcasters, just starting out, even if they've been doing it for a while and their download numbers are low, are you still seeing advertising on on your podcast as the primary means of monetization, or do you see other means uh, coming up? 
So when we're talking, so let's let's take the one percent of podcasters off the table. Those are people that literally have tons of downloads. They have ad reps that, and they and when someone's like, "How do they make money?" Just like in radio, they place commercials yeah. in front of mm-hmm. it, and it's for sure. But because of the size, and if everybody underneath that, you have a couple layers. You have some you have some people that are doing it because their business they're getting to interview. Uh, ver- other vertical CEOs or CEOs or C-level suite people that they could then build a relationship and do business behind the scenes. You have people that have consulting businesses. Now, if you're a beginner, what I would say about numbers, let's say right now it's tough. It's certain niches, it's tough. You're, you're lucky if you get 10 downloads a show out of the gate, right? Right. Uh, I would I would look at that 10 downloads and think to myself, how can I love up on these individuals so I could get to 15 or 20 mm-hmm. downloads Instead of looking at the person that's, you know, in the millions or a hundred thousand or whatever, that's, that's not a good comparison and build that slowly, but surely and nurture that community. Um, and then if you're looking to monetize, yeah, you either do through affiliate core sales, um, or one of my favorite things to do, let's say you have a small niche podcast, but you go to a trade show for your business. I would call up that trade show and say, Hey, can I have a media pass so I could set up a booth to interview all your people? I've seen that mm-hmm. where the person literally will catch fire with that industry. And next thing you know, they have sponsors and it's not dependent on the numbers, but now you should invest some of that money. I'm big on investing in yourself. So uh, that is a mindset thing. I see a lot of podcasters that don't believe in investing in their podcast. So right. if you're going to take it very seriously, there are ways to put ads out in the players and the different apps to get downloads uh, and grow your show once you're happy with the product you're putting out there. So I'm a big proponent of uh, if it's money, if it's not money, invest in your education, pivot. Sometimes the names are horrible of the podcast that people don't even know what it is. And that's a huge detriment if you want to, I'll give you guys, can I give you an example? Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. So I had an individual that had um, their specific niche was, they deal with translating websites for companies that do international business. Oh. And they started the global marketing show or something to that effect. It, it, you mm-hmm. know. And and great, I get where they're going. They figured, hey, I'll just interview people about marketing and then maybe they'll, they'll realize. So the challenge that the person had and they came to me and said, listen, my client's only 1% of manufacturers that do business overseas. And I said, well, why aren't you calling it the overseas manufacturer hour or something like that, right? And they said to me, it can't be that easy. I go, yeah, it is that easy. <laughs> but the challenge is when you're focusing on the 100% and not the 1%. Right. So that literally, um, sometimes the person doesn't know that they can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and and it's the education that can kind of help. Great, great advice. Thank you. That is a powerful tip. Very good tip. Chris, we've really enjoyed having you with us today. Um, Before you go, is there any last words of advice you'd like to give new podcasters starting out in the industry? So if you're getting involved in podcasting, one is the reason why we created PodFest is we think it's crucial that podcasters meet one another. And and I know it sounds self-serving, but I really do believe it because that was the first thing we did when we started all these people. They're like, what do we do next? So the natural thing was like, let's all get together. And that's why PodFest was created out of that need. Uh, three reasons why I think it's important. One, you need to connect with your peers. Two, you need to see what's going on across the industry. And three, the trade shows, um, I like for the two of you, I would recommend go talk to all the people at the trade shows because these are the v- 
vice presidents and people in charge of all the audio companies, and they're going to tell you right off the bat, marketing things that are going on that you had no idea that they're creating to help promote your podcast. Um, if, if you can't make it to, let's say, my trade show, there's others that are really phenomenal. But let's say you get involved in the industry, be consistent. Consistent doesn't mean every week and it doesn't mean daily. If you could only be consistent twice a month and do that, you know, do, bite off what you can chew mm-hmm. and then just consistently create. And then what I would say is after you've released maybe 10 or 20 episodes, go back and look and you're going to see one or two of them stick out. Read the subject line that you put in your episode title and understand that there might be something there for you to explore deeper for you to grow your numbers. And I've seen that with many of my friends. Look at your stats, see what what we call it a tent pulse. And it's usually not a celebrity speaker, by the way. It's usually a topic. And that might be a topic you need to dive deeper in and explore or pivot. Uh, and that'll help you on your way as you build your career in this amazing space, as we know, as uh, podcasting. You said two things that really resonate with us. <laughs> the, one of the things that you said about community, that's that we are so passionate about that community, yeah. which is why we are so thrilled to be a part of PodFest Expo. Um, and we are, we've spoken so many times on our podcast about how important it is to be a part of community and to build that community and foster that community. And then the second thing you talked about was look at your episode that like did the best. And um, David and I actually, we when we submitted to PodFest Expo, we submitted a particular topic. We we did a, Podfe- a, a podcast episode on it, um, on that topic. But since we'd explored a couple things and we thought, oh, well, maybe we're going to change our topic because our community got really excited about something else we talked about. So we threw a poll up in the group. Okay, we're thinking of changing our topic. Which one do you guys like better? By and large, they picked that one podcast episode that mm-hmm. that did like it was three times more downloads than any one of our other episodes. We weren't sure why. We're like, I don't know why this. We one. still don't know why. We still don't know why. We still <laughs> we don't know, know why. why. <laughs> it just hit, and and it, it stayed that way with our audio, our our community, our, our Facebook community. We were shocked because we had gotten more verbal feedback. Okay, so the two the two things are the one that we submitted to you guys is 10 ways to authentically connect with your podcast audience. The other episode that we love that we were thinking of changing to is setting personal metrics for success that have nothing to do with downloads. That was the one when we released the episode in our community, we had several people create podcast episodes around that. They're like, wow, this concept, this idea, we listened to this episode today. And of course they tagged us and we thought, well, that one got traction. It didn't get as many downloads, but it got a lot of feedback and traction. So we thought, well, maybe we'll switch to that. But nope, our community said, stick with the 10 ways to authentically connect. Yeah, we've noticed those titles, 10, whatever, they always do better than like we notice in people showing up to the room itself because we've tested so many different titles. Um, It's incredible like how certain things like that make a big difference. They I do. just need a list. I need things I can check yeah, off uh-huh. so that I, I can know that I'm is. doing it right. Yeah. yeah, I know when I walk in there, I'm getting ten things right. Like, right. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna leave. I, there's with a deliverable that. There's with no ten. Question. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> it's fun hearing it from you because <laughs> yeah. we just field tested that. We just field. I can't tell you how many times we think, "Oh, this is gonna hit big," and no one shows up in the room, and then the the person down the hallway, some title, we're like, eh, "We'll see what happens." It just fills up the room. It's interesting to watch when you watch people's feet, you know, because they tell you what they're right. 
interested in it just incredible it doesn't mean that the content's any better by the way no it's just the head it's it's same thing with anything else content headline and all that stuff you know yeah, yeah. Well, thanks again, Chris. Thank you. Oh, this, thank this you both. I'm a, excited yeah. to meet you in person. And as you know, PodFest starts, it's year round, really. The the event is just the the icing on the cake, but we've already right. started the relationships. And thank you for my, inviting me on. And uh, my my the biggest compliment to me that anyone could have at PodFest is when you show up there, help someone else that may, maybe looks lost, uh, just a smile or friendly face. They'll remember you as much as you remember, let's mm-hmm. say, Andrew or myself. And that that keeps that what I call the the cycle of giving community just full circle and um, just that that's that's the greatest thank you is just brightening up someone else's day at PodFest and then they'll always tell me I met Tiffany and David and they, you know, they <laughs> literally I hear this years <laughs> later I have wow. one member that remembers the first three people he met when oh. he showed up at because remember some people go by themselves mm-hmm. right and that's a scary experience like even yeah, I'm sure. an extrovert and they go and it, just someone smiling all, all of a sudden it changes the entire experience for the next it three really or four does. days it yeah. really does yes thank you Chris uh, the PodFest Expo is an experience that we are absolutely thrilled to be a part of it is so in alignment with who we are um, I, I'm absolutely thrilled obsessed excited Talk about it to everybody. Um, I think people are going to get tired of hearing about it. From yeah, she's us. not kidding. It, it, it's the main <laughs> topic of everything. It just day. it feels so in alignment with who we are, and um, I have my outfits picked out, and I'm just really excited. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. I literally we have a timeline up on a big old whiteboard, yeah. and we have all these metrics we need to hit, and outfit is one of those metrics. So I'm just yep. so there, there's also a podcast bump, just so you know, and we've heard about that too. Some people we don't know how. But their metri- their downloads go up after PodFest. We cannot track it. I can't even put a thing to it. It's not a promise, but we have had members saying, we don't know what, but they track it back to the- them attending PodFest. And we think what happens, we're not sure. We think people just start mentioning each other and cross-promoting organically in some weird way right. that their numbers go up. But it's been now a couple of years. We'll see if that holds true again. But we hear about it all the time after a PodFest. I'm sure oh, it's that and cool. it's... When you're excited, you walk away from something and your energy is up and you are excited. Yeah, I, I, the content you that, create yeah. is yeah. is phenomenal because you're or finding lifting. ways to to uh, network with the hosting mm-hmm. companies. They'll put you up on their set. Like all that stuff happens. It's, it's yeah. really interesting. It's yeah. very exciting. So thank you, thank you for creating such a community that we are so excited to be a part of. Thank you both. Thank really you, David. Thank you, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was such an exciting conversation with Chris. I really enjoyed listening to his mindset and how he grew PodFest Expo from such a tiny, tiny event. So we've got a few takeaways. I want to talk about one of mine, and then I'd love to hear yours, David. Hmm. Um, He really looked at PodFest as this organic thing that was really in response to what his community needed. He moved from 100 when he was in Tampa to somebody said, hey, it needs to be in Orlando. It needs to be family yeah. friendly. Moved it to Orlando. And he just continually, as he said, he wouldn't close the doors ahead of time. He would always take the meeting, entertain the idea, think about it, which I think is so powerful because so many of us, and I'm raising my hand on this, we close the door before we even <laughs> hear the extent of the idea or the opportunity because we say, oh, I just don't know how to make that happen. And he just doesn't seem to have that in his vernacular. He keeps it open. 
And he just said, I'm going to let it grow as big as it wants to grow and as big as it needs to grow. And it's it's just exploded in a short amount of time. It's become a premier global event, winning the Guinness Book of World Records. It's inspiring. How about you? What's something that has inspired you? Uh, I like how he listens to his community. Mm. It's in total alignment with how we feel. He bases his content and how he creates his events off of what his community needs. He gave the the point of they don't show up for him. They show up because he listens to what people need and gives them what they want. So basically giving them ownership of the event themselves, right? It's Mm -hmm. almost like it's their event more so than it is his event. And he's just created it and grown it to suit the needs of everybody that comes and attends, which I think is super smart. Another thing that he said regarding community is that it's built by word of mouth. And that's something that I'm definitely used to Mm. because growing up, that's how my father always conducted business was word of mouth. And by putting out a good product and, and keeping people happy, that word continues to spread and the work continues to grow. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to see that that's continuing. And I, it's good to see that he's doing that. It is. You know, I also really enjoyed his advice to new podcasters. From his book, Start Ugly, he really talked about, you know, just just get started. It doesn't have to be perfect when you start. And you and I, we talk to so many people that want to have all their ducks in a row, want to have everything in place, want everything to be beautiful and pretty and, and, and shiny before they even start. And he said, nope. The biggest podcasters out there are not on their first concept. They have pivoted, they have changed, they have grown. Mm -hmm. And that's what we all need to remember. Just just get started and then listen and learn and grow and pivot. And I also loved how he said, in today's podcasting world, oftentimes you get started and there's maybe 10 downloads, right? Yeah. And he said, just take that and love on those individuals and nurture that community, grow that 10 to 15, grow that 15 to 30, grow that 30 to 100. And it just keeps growing. But he said, just love on those 10, nurture those 10 Mm -hmm. and you will grow. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. Super powerful for sure. Something we definitely can't forget just because it's a small audience doesn't mean that they're not important. Absolutely. So take the time to pay attention to those 10 and, and it'll definitely grow because other people will see the attention you're giving. So yeah, I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing that I thought was great uh, that he said, and part of the reason that we're going to PodFest ourselves is it's crucial that podcasters meet one another. Mm -hmm. So find ways to connect with your peers, see what's going on across the industry, go to trade shows like PodFest (laughs) and see what's happening. I think it's great advice. Just pay attention to new technology that's coming out, different ways of recording, different ways that people are presenting their shows. Even if you listen to podcasts, obviously as a podcaster, you most likely do see how the popular shows are growing and how they're evolving. And and it kind of gives you guidance on how you can grow your show as well and kind of stay up with the times. So I think it's important Mm. that we all pay attention to what's happening in the industry. I think so too. And, you know, he mentioned how people that attend PodFest ends up like their podcast just like explodes after there's like, he's called it the podcast bump. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's because people are interacting with each other. There's that renewed enthusiasm, that invigoration, because, you know, podcast fate is a real thing for everyone. Yeah. And so to get that renewed invigoration and that networking is so powerful. And so 
wonderful listeners. If you would like to be a part of the PodFest Expo community, if you would like to attend, we actually have a couple free tickets to share with our listener community. Yes. (laughs) So exciting. So we would absolutely love to meet our listeners in person and we'd love to do it at the best podcasting event of the year. There's trivia nights, there's parties, there's a lazy river at the hotel where the conference is happening. (laughs) Like this is really fun. It's down the street from Disney. So you can even bring your family and hang out with Mickey Mouse after. So come on over, click, scroll on through the show notes and click the link down in the show notes where you can apply for a free ticket to come attend PodFest Expo. We would love to have you there. Thank you, everybody. Have fun recording. Have fun recording. (laughs) Thanks for hanging out with us today. As a special thank you, we invite you to download the free guide in the show notes called The Biggest Mistake Podcasters Make and How to Avoid It. Please take a moment to leave us a review. Well, only if you really like the show. (laughs) (laughs) And come on over and join our free Facebook community. We'd love to have you there. We believe your story is powerful and needs to be heard, and we would love to help you tell it. Do we need to redo that? Or are you going to be able to fix all that editing? Oranges. Oranges. Oranges will be ripe in May. Will oranges be ripe in May? I don't know. No, they're a winter fruit. Well, you know, you can get them in Florida. And that's where Mickey Mouse and alligators live. Okay.